Let me be perfectly clear, this world is perfectly queer You know that we're perfectly natural It's not a mistake, it's not a choice that we make It's just that we're perfectly natural Welcome to Perfectly Natural, a very queer podcast about very queer animals. I am your very queer aim, a writer and enthusiast. Have you dedicated yourself to every person who watches this, listens to this podcast? I am your aim. I am yours. I've gone delirious. <laughs> I'm I'm M. Well, I'm M. Good day. Um, M said we could record three episodes in one day. <laughs> yeah, and we're going to, and we have. We will. So if this sounds a bit bizarre, it's because I have the audacity to go on holiday next week. <laughs> Look, it's going to be a fun one. I think it's probably my favourite one so far. Okay, that's, that's high praise because I think they've all been my favourite so far. Oh, well. was mute and I've started to put it on so I could hear the Russian seals playing the national anthem. That's one we'll link to in the show notes. <laughs> no, it looked cruel. It, it was really sad. It looked really sad. It was really weird. Yeah, they were. They just made the seals pull up a flag. <laughs> no, 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 they didn't just do that. The seals held guns. Held guns and swim around And they circles. had little berries and they, they had, had to shoot things. Yeah. With their noses, though. The, the guns were mounted at that point, but they had them in their hands for some time. It was really odd. It Very was not bizarre. what I, I expected a lot of weirdness today. It wasn't that. No, I don't often think about that happening to me, but today it, ha- it had happened to both of us. And If you weren't here, I, I might have thought it a dream, and yet... <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've had a dream! It's about seals wing berets! You say this? <laughs> do I sound like that? <laughs> Not really. <laughs> sound like a Scottish new Yorker to you. <laughs> oh, I've got some haggis in my dreams. I'm not Scottish. <laughs> I know! That's what a Scottish person might say if I had a dream about haggis. <laughs> That's... You're Maybe. not wrong. <laughs> Maybe. I'm not saying it's what they all sound like. If they dream about haggis. I don't know if they do. People do dream about haggis. I'm sure someone I, has. Do you know what I dream about at what? this time of year when it's getting all spooky outside? Uh, pumpkin spice. I fucking love pumpkin spice. <laughs> I've been putting it in my coffee every morning, but I've been dreaming about Corvids. <gasps> what does it mean if I... You had the best... Is that... Oh, what? You have taken over for my... In my We're going to have an ongoing contest about who can have the best segues <laughs> just to, like, keep the quality of this podcast. In top notch. That yeah. was... I'm very... Thank okay, you. yeah, Thank Corvids. You. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What does yeah. it mean? You know if, what? if I see seven of them flying towards me and then I wake up. It might mean that they're about to have... Maybe there's, like, three or two different mating pair, mating triplets who are, like, co-raising seven eggs. You're telling me that, like, corvettes have polycules? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm oh, yeah. This. yeah. <laughs> you said I'd like this? <laughs> you were right. So... I don't know what that means. I think probably what it means is that you're going to die, so I'm sorry. God damn, I've seen the grim. <laughs> What's in the cup? What's in your cup, boy? Show me the cup! 
I think that was the first one was pretty good that was pretty good yeah I love Harry Potter me too I love I have questions about JK Rowling but I love Harry Potter everyone's gay Dumbledore's gay running around I'm gay I'm gay everyone's gay well maybe she's on something (laughs) I did Um, Sarah and I spent yeah, but last Sunday morning, lying in bed watching the sixth Harry Potter film, and that was gay. Oh, yeah. Do you know what was the least gay thing I've done recently? Watch The Mockingjay Part 2. I did that last night. It oh, was no, so I, bad. Was it, was it really... Because I, ha- I, I haven't watched Don't either. watch it. It's so bad. It's so I'm so sad because Philip Seymour Hoffman's a fucking legend. He's pretty great. Also passed away towards the end of it, so, hmm. like... Yeah, I don't know. I got home from Trapping Mice, and I sat down, and I was like... All right, movie time. I've got my two-minute noodles, and I'm going to watch a fucking movie. And I picked that, and it was hard. My my whole body hurt watching it. Oh, I felt like I did exercise. That's... I, mean, that's, I had an exercise, I was working on it before, before. So maybe, maybe that's what was happening. It's like my body was hurting from... Fucking around. Yeah, yeah. Did you, did you get certified for those ladders? No. Oh. I didn't. I'm not allowed. <laughs> You rebel. I have to use a big pole. <laughs> wow. I mean, because they can't certify you or because you failed a test? No, because, so if I'm going to leave this in for some context, uh, I want to put some traps uh, from loggers for mice in trees, not traps, sorry, so we can log mice movements from the tags in the back of their necks, um, from RFID tags. But uh, um, I wanted to put get a ladder to put them up high in the trees to see vertical mouse movement and... Uh, Hard to do, apparently. <laughs> so, just gonna use a big old pole. Big old pole. Good big luck. old pole. Big old pole. <laughs> I'm gonna use a big old pole. Look what I can do <laughs> with my big old pole. No. <laughs> Stop. I'm trying to remember what film I watched the other night. I'm still really watching Avatar, which is a wild ride. I watched Shrek again when I was ill. Oh, you told me that. I can love fun. it. Um, Shrek. Okay, so Corbett. So, the last episode have been quite, quite like, theoretical heavy. I only wanted to open so I thought it was quite funny. From the As science to mindset. the rest of this podcast, which is very dry and serious. <laughs> yes. Nothing but fact here. This, this, this is called Mercury Pollution Can Make Male Birds Homosexual. <laughs> this was released only nine years ago. Oh. <laughs> um, so I mean, the world was different then, but... <laughs> they apparently... Birds exposed to any mercury displayed courtship behaviours left off and then control. Wait, 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 to any mercury or Freddie Mercury? <laughs> yeah, when Baby and Rhapsody comes on, all the birds go gay. Oh, dude, that is truer than you imagine. Like, this statement is true for any gay nightclub. Plush, go to Plush and all... I've only been to Plush once and I had to go to bed after half an hour because I got tired. <laughs> it's, you went to bed in Plush. Is there beds there? No, I went oh. to bed in my own bed. Oh. Anyway, apparently normal Mercury, not Freddie Mercury. Okay. That sounds like a load of hot baloney. Well, yeah, it says, anyway, it says that, yeah, was the level of Mercury exposure increased to the degree of persistence 
of homosexual pairing. So basically, what they are, what, no, what they're saying is, the more Mercury, the more persistent the gays were. <laughs> <laughs> um, as as a very stubborn gay myself, yeah, I'm persistent anyway. Oh my god, the person who wait stop the person who gets the person who's this main scientist. I, I go on, just Frederick, like Freddie. Oh, maybe he has a Mercury hand up. Oh my god! Maybe whenever he introduces himself, he's like, "Hi, I'm Freddie," and everyone's like, "Like Mercury," and I'm like, "I know what I can tell you about Mercury." <laughs> Next bird, gay fuckers. You know, Are you sure, know. Freddie? Are you okay? Do you just want to break free? <laughs> Do you want to ride your bicycle away from the gay birds? Apparently, Frederick says. If the effect was as strong as humans as in the Ibises, they'd have found it. So apparently, Mercury can't make humans gay, soz. But it can for birds? It can make birds gay, according to Frederick. I don't know. Mercury is known to disrupt hormonal activity, and that may be the key. But sorting out particular effects is not easy, nor is predicting how it manifests in other species. I think it's bullshit, but, I mean, it is a, it's a study. And is it peer-reviewed, though? It is. Oh. Okay. I mean, there is I think the mercury can look it's so hard to understand what in that it's not over multiple seasons I don't think I think it's um uh well actually they did feed, feed the birds at different levels of mercury um so I think it's hard to understand the underlying mechanisms behind homosexuality I don't know if mercury is one it's, just, it's a weird study about birds no, so that's a great start yeah, anyway, that's what I wanted to bring up. Anyway, so go away, birds. Ibises are cool too, by the way. That was about ibises mostly. Okay, corvids. Corvids oh, are like crows, the crow family, jays, jackdaws, thing is like that. So all all or most of the corvids display homosexual homosexual. Homosexual behaviour. Nice. Uh, the one I want to talk to, to, to today about most is the jackdaw. And a lot of what I'll talk about with the jackdaw happens in also the crows and the ravens and magpies and jays. Um, but I think I will focus on the jackdaws just because they are of note. There is one example, before we go into the jackdaws, I would like to t- talk to you about. There was one study about... Um, a pair of lesbian shrub jays, which I think was quite nice. God. It was uh, observed on the 20th of March, 2014. Okay, this this whole section about scrub jays, these two female scrub jays, is super interesting because I think it really, like, defines old school, or, like, it's written out in really old school ethology, which is animal behavior terms. I think it's really interesting. And it's, like, nice. I really like these kind of, like, strange, like... People have seen this weird behavior in the wild and like, that's not been recorded before. I'm going to write a weird paper about it. So Love it. I quite like papers like this because it's just like, this one thing happened and it's kind of strange and never been seen before. And therefore, here, have it, science. Um, Happy birthday, science. It's me. <laughs> gay. <laughs> so basically, there were two females, shrub wrens. One had lost her mate and the other one wasn't mating. And they were basically building... A nest together progressively and well first there was two nests separately and mm-hmm. they joined them together okay but how quickly like over about a month so so like about the same amount that human lesbians would move in together yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. they're u-haul shrub jays cool yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah. and uh 
they there was one more dominant female and she would defend the nest and the other one would just like keep collecting so there was like definitely like you know sometimes there's like lesbian couples there's always like one who's like I'm gonna I'm like really vocal and the other one who's like a little bit more passive I think it was like that that would be that kind of stereotype lesbian couple I love it I uh, love it which which lesbian are you are you the shrub J lesbian or the shrub J lesbian um, that joke did not come out as well. I was trying to make a who wears a trousers joke, but with the dominant Shrub J or the passive Shrub J. Nothing. I don't know. I'm very dominant, I think. I'm, I'm probably what are you? I'm probably the passive Shrub J. Yeah. I, I just sort of want to like make everything as cosy as fuck. Yeah, and I want to yell at everybody. I'm I'm very I'm, loud. I wouldn't yell at people. No, I don't yell at people, but I'm very loud. I don't mean to be. Neither, <laughs> does, neither does the dominant Shrub J. <laughs> I just, it's just who I am. I'm just expressing myself. I love, I love it. Thank you. Anyway, basically they didn't have, they actually didn't have, um, they didn't have an egg in the end. And occasionally some scrub jays, this is being seen in other scrub jays, occasionally do have female-female pairings or even male-male pairings that do sometimes find eggs or have their eggs if they're a female and, and raise them with the same sex pair. Nice. Not in this case, though. Alas. Um, and they went on to talk about... This was the first... One of the first recordings of Scrub Jays behaving in uh, having a same-sex relationship and mating behaviours. Um, but they mentioned that same-sex behaviour often does arise in very social organisms. And corvids are one of the most social species of organisms uh, and apparently according to this paper published in 2008 are uh, only like second to or like third or whatever fifth the hyenas elephants cetaceans which are like uh, mammals that live underwater monkeys and apes so they're, cool. they're super right complex yeah. yeah so we've gone you know we've got social animals here social social whoa sociality on the brain or society. society. Pals, buddies, Sociality mates. is a word. Don't at me. Sociality is a word. How am I acting you with my eyebrows? <laughs> so, they did say this one thing I didn't like, is that they, the female, the, the female that they were studying, there was one female that was studying, the other female that kind of was less dominant, they weren't studying. And after this one event, they actually didn't stay together, these two females. They ended up going and finding male partners, which is a okay. bit of a shame. Amazing. Lost to the lesbian world. But then they said that they were like, uh, her hormone levels went down um, and then went to back to fe- like normal female behaviors. And I was like, of course her hormones were uh, 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 fluctuating. It was the breeding season. Like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, if you check out my hormones when my period is... Yeah, it's crazy! I'm mental! I just, I, just don't, I just don't even know what my hormones do on a good day, let alone... No, exactly. Um, so, yeah. It, it also kind of came back to, like, dominance and stuff. Uh, often, like, birds, especially, like, younger birds... And when I say birds here, I'm referring to corvid birds. I'm just going to say birds. But if you if I say the word birds here, I'm talking about some kind of member of the corvid family, just for a blanket reference. But often, because they're quite social, they uh, um, do have well, they have like a high, like a hierarchy, and they do have dominant behavior, dominance behaviors. Um, and this also 
like uprose as a means or a mechanism for pushing homosexuality um, or a, a reason behind homosexuality, I should say. And there was a nice paper by Lack in 1940 that actually was like, this behavior is super complex. It's sometimes, it probably has a different yeah, meaning in different cases. Sometimes it is quite a, it's influenced by genetics. Sometimes it could be hormones. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it could be um, an external, like an external situation, which is, could be like some kind of, like maybe it's like an animal trying to find a new home. So mm-hmm. Corvid's also been, my reason for saying that <laughs> is because Corvid's have also been this topic of much interest. Um, so, cool. Corvid. Cool In terms of Corvid. Cool <laughs> I stand by it. <laughs> so, Jackdaws from Corvid. Oh. So, so yeah. <laughs> anyway, Jackdaws from the main Corvid group. I want to focus on a smaller part of the Corvids, um, which often a lot of this relates to. So, Corvids... Wow, I've just, I just said this whole spiel about it being about jackdaws now. Jackdaws, possibly one of my favorite species of birds. Why? So they're super interesting, very social, but they were the topic of um, a book called King Solomon's Ring by Conrad Lorenz, who was like part of the founding basis of uh, understanding behavior in birds. Okay. Um, actually, or like just animal behavior in general. He's a really interesting dude. I used to love his books as a kid. They were just like, he wrote small little books that were quite digestible for children. Nice. I mean, for, but they were scientific. So it was nice. But in this book, he talks about a lot of different birds. Grey lad geese being one. Also very gay, just saying. Mm-hmm. But uh, also about his family of jackdaws. So he kept jackdaws as kids oh. when he was younger. And then as he was older, he, he wrote books about them. Uh, and specifically there's one chapter in King Solomon's Ring where he talks about... Uh, how social they are and I love this picture so much I want to get tattooed on me that is that would make a great tattoo it's but a for, for the reader yeah the reader for the listener we're both so tired <laughs> <laughs> yeah. for the listener what are we looking at so there's a big jackdaw with glasses on pointing at scary things there's a man a hunting man with his dog there's a cat there's a mongoose and there's also birds of prey, unlike patterns. And in front of the... the so that's like on a slide. On a slide, yeah. And then in front of that slide, in front of the little... The, the, the teaching bird, is five baby jackdaws looking up intently, <coughs> learning about... Is that a noise that jackdaws make? No, it's more like a rattle, which you... <laughs> it's a good point you make. I with my mouth. Because... When they're so intrinsically social and they, they, they believe each other 100%, when one bird thinks it's a danger and makes a rattling sound, everyone goes. Like, without wow. hesitation. It's like, if you think there's danger, we're behind you, man. There's no doubt that's in really my supportive. mind. Yeah. It's amazing. I guess that also means because that's their reaction, it's going to limit the amount of people yeah. who... who, who do that without it being yeah warranted warranted yeah and it's called the defensive kin reaction that's cute and I would like to read I'm, I've been I've done a lot of reading in this but I'd like to read some more of this because it's one of my favorite books of all time do it and I really love Jack Dawes and I think Conrad Lorenz he know he knew them back to front and if you ever feel like reading a bit more of his work I highly recommend it his books are really cheap you get them on book depository and they're really worth reading. But this 
Um, this is after he just talks about the defensive kin reaction and birds teaching other birds what um, is dangerous. I do not know whether I've made it quite clear how very remarkable this all is. An animal which, which does not know its enemy by innate instinct is informed by older and more experienced fellow members of its species. Who or what is to be feared as hostile? This is true tradition, the handing down of personally acquired knowledge from one generation to another. Human children might follow the example of the young jackdaws, who take seriously the well-meant warnings of their parents. On the appearance of an enemy, as yet unknown to the young, an old guide jackdaw needs only to give out a significant rattle, and the young birds have formed a mental picture associating the warning with this particular enemy. In natural life of jack- in the natural life of jackdaws, I think it seldom happens that an inexperienced young bird first receives knowledge of the dangerous character of an enemy by seeing him with a black dangling object in his hand in his clutches. That's a reference to further in the chapter when he saw someone who once manhandled a jackdaw was mean to it and he was holding a black thing in his hand. And then whenever he, anyone had held a black thing similar around that rook, they, they would go crazy. So, so it's like it learned like, trauma science. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's fascinating. Yeah. And then he goes on to say in a very beautiful exclamation how very human this is. On the other hand, how remarkably blind and reflex-like it is the innate perceptual pattern <laughs> in which the inexperienced young jackdaw provokes a typical rattling attack. That's how my anxiety is yeah. all the time. <laughs> but, he says, but do, have we not, we human beings, also such blind instinctive reactions? Yes. Do not whole peoples all too often react with a blind rage to a mere dummy presented in front of them by the artifice of a demagogue? It's like, See, yes! Brexit. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's so yeah, that was, yeah. he's a beautiful writer. Please read his work. He's awesome. I love him a lot. Anyway, I'm going to put I'll put a PDF. Oh, there's a PDF. I can put of that book on there, and then I'll, we'll put a picture of the jackdaws on our website. Yeah. But jackdaws are also exceptionally homosexual. Yeah. And basically... Is it because they had too much mercury? Freddie Mercury. Um, I don't know. So, <laughs> probably not. So they have like um, giraffes. They have their own special homosexual courtship dancers called tilling, um, tilting, or chase hopping. And they just follow each other around, basically. And they bow to each other, and they yeah, they and they make beautiful like dances. Oh my god! Imagine how great like flirting would be if you could fly. I know. Oh my god! I wouldn't. I would. I would ever not be flying. I would like walk around the office. I would just like hover around. You you would not be sitting down for this podcast. I'd have to edit out the beating of your wings. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) we were saying before. I think I cut you off. No, just that that image of like creating that like trust and. Unity in yeah. a way. It's almost something intimate about flying with another. I know. Bird. Being, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's beautiful. To I know. Imagine. It's super nice. So, I think the best thing about jackdaws. For some reason, I feel like I've covered. I've like I've, I've talked about sex so much today. I kind of wanted to talk about what happens after sex. Do they cuddle? Well, no. After after sex. <laughs> so often there'll be uh, a, f- a female jackdaws will often develop female pair bonds. In fact, female pair bonding is really super common in jackdaws. Nice. In some cases, which is I think the most beautiful and so gay, is an older female mate with like one of the youngest females and like teaches her the way of the lesbians. <laughs> <laughs> yes. um, oh, my life is so different. If I'd had like 
a lesbian guardian. I know, I want a lesbian guardian. Can please at us if you can be a lesbian guardian. We have so much to learn. <laughs> we have a fairly good like knowledge grounding, but there's Oh, like yeah. yeah, I know, I know. I think we're, yeah, we're doing yeah, okay. We're gonna learn. I think like, we're learning. These are our lesbian guardians now. Wow. Fucking jackdaws. Wow. This is fucking... You're flapping at me with the book. <laughs> <laughs> so, sometimes they will create a double nest, like I mentioned before, and yeah. they'll make... They'll lay in fertile eggs. They, they will still lay eggs. But the best thing I think you're going to love is what happens God. is sometimes a homosexual pair is joined by a male... Who may bond with one or both of the females, and then they form a bisexual trio. They have a little thruple going on. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and yeah. this, and then they can lay fertile eggs because they're mating with Met the males, oh. and they live together as the three of them. Um, in a, perfect harmony. Harmony. I think a thruple is like I. Thruple is the best word ever. It sounds a bit like thrush ruffle, but thruple. I hate the word thrush. I also hate thrush. So, um, so sometimes also it's that polyblob. Polyblob. It's not catching on. Nobody no. wants to call it polyblob, but I'm just like, like, he knows what's going disease. on. No thrush sounds like that. <laughs> 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 anything thruple is the culprit here. <laughs> so, like, polycule implies like a set group. A yeah. Whereas polyblob is just like, where does it begin? Where does it end? Yeah, a polycule Whose partner's is like, partners are the same part of yeah. the same... Because my partner's partner's partner, like, we get on super well. But you're not But partner. we're definitely not, like, we're not close. Yeah. I say we get on super well, we've met twice. Great. <laughs> okay, can I try and rephrase that? <laughs> but, like, rather than being, like, one specified unit, it yeah. could just be like, ah, you are, you are on the horizon of this polyblob, but you're not necessarily at the centre of it. For me, whereas I am on the edge of your poly thing. I'm not yeah, doing a I very mean, good job at expressing my Molecule is the same exact thing. A bit but a bit less venereal. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, polycule I guess it's like molecule and they can be fucking massive and oh my god, I've just got polycule. <laughs> and they can be really complicated and they can also break. True. Also be very I don't strong. know enough science to yeah. have understood that. I just thought it was what people called it. <laughs> No, you seem smarter than that. <laughs> I, I'm quite smart. I just don't examine some things. I'm just like, molecule? Okay, so that's like that. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, fair Oh, molecule. Molecule. Oh. I'm going to edit this to make me sound smarter. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. Well, you do that to me, so it's fine. True. So, very often, even with the three of them, they don't raise the kids. because be- Only because... Or they forget to incubate them because they're having too much fun. I mean... Yeah, because they're playing... They often play quite a lot more than just homosexual so couples. Or even heterosexual couples. They just... A three-pair, often, if they do, if they are... They're when they're, Basically, when they're trying to incubate them really hard, often after a few unsuccessful matings or, like, broodings, they will try pretty hard, I think, at that point. And then the two females will have a shift. Um, but then what normally happens is... That when the male comes back from his eating, uh, the female will sit on the eggs, and the male will go back out and forage, and he'll come back, and the females both go together. So he can't. He tries to hop back and forth, but he can't because one's gonna die because they need to be sat on all the time. So the females are just too attached to each other, 
Um, yeah, so that's that sounds kind very of, gay. Which is sad because he's trying his best. Yes. <laughs> yes. You, you would think they could just like alternate the one who goes. Yeah. Like that's the sensible. I know. Maybe I'm applying human logic to Jackal thinking here. I know. I know. I know. But then apparently what's more successful is if a female joins a heterosexual couple. Okay. Then they take actual shifts. Because okay, often because the female not... more is more bonded to the other female in the relationship. So okay. um, that's more successful, apparently, than if a male joins a homosexual female. Because <laughs> they're having too much fun. <laughs> um, they engage in, in, in really interesting courtship behavior. They feed each other. And, oh, my God, where one partner begs the other by crouching, fluttering her wings and quivering her tail to be fed by the other. Both females might mate with the male and lay fertile eggs, or the bond between them can end up being stronger than the original heterosexual bond. I am heterosexual bond. <laughs> I'm Jay. I'm bond. Heterosexual bond. <laughs> <laughs> but that's it. That's the entire film. <laughs> oh, that's the best joke we've ever made. <laughs> there we go. Our careers. <laughs> Oh, God, that's hilarious. It is. That's so what? funny. Do you think we need to go to sleep? <laughs> okay, maybe we're not that funny. No, I think we're so funny. That's so good. Okay. <laughs> so homosexual bonds. Yeah, so apparently bisexual trios last longer. In fact, their whole lives. Often homosexual matings only occur very briefly okay so like a non-breeding female so like a female who isn't ready to lay eggs yet and an older female who's been widowed by her heterosexual partner they might match up but then sometimes often what happens is sometimes often what happens is generally the younger female matures and then enters into a heterosexual pairing mm-hmm. um but i think what is nice is like it seems like as they mature so you've got two females who are like together and then and then and, and then a or say a, a heterosexual couple and a female enters that relationship it's like they were mature they've thought about it they've, they've tested it so I don't know how I came out I, you know my sexuality was like I had to talk to people and then figured out what I was it was like they were like you know I tried this I'm trying that I might go back to this or tried that tried this like this better you know yeah I like it um yeah it seems quite accepting yeah yeah it's like try it <laughs> Lesbianism. Try it. <laughs> um, apparently, among jackdaws in the wild, approximately five percent of trios include bonding between the two female partners, while about ten percent of wild widowed females form homosexual pairs. So cool. it's not a high percentage, but it's not uncommon. It's not uncommon. Again, I think this is another like, recurring theme. Often, there's like non-breeding couples. Sometimes, no. Sometimes, birds are reproduce at all. Um, I think the thing is, it's like things are so more complex than I can ever imagine. I think I always thought that the animals. I think I even said in the first episode, an animal's thing is to fuck, eat, sleep. But actually, it's freaking not. It couldn't be further from that. And I think animals, time and again, are like reproving that in my mind. That like they don't actually just want to do those things. They got mm. so much more. Co- they got way more shit going on than you can fucking consider. M. Like what? How do you judge them? Don't pigeonhole the birds. Don't pigeonhole the pigeons. They're jackdaws. They're corvids. We're not talking about fucking pigeons today. I told you. Uh... Okay, I don't <laughs> <like> pigeons. <laughs> there was 
a study in 2007 in Australia that looked at uh, how common that it was uh, like homosexuality and polygamy in birds in corvids mm-hmm. in Australia and it was much more common than heterosexual behavior um, in and monogamous behavior in in the corvids in Australia which was super interesting um, and that is all I have written down. Thirty-seven minutes of recorded time. About half of that is just us giggling. It's not half of that is not us giggling. <laughs> Fuck off. Yeah, that's great. I really like that I we think... have some like really lovely bisexual rep. Yeah, and just like cohabiting bisexual. Yeah, I mean, don't you just love that? It's like um, I created a polyamorous species for you. I'm God. Oh my God, Em is now, <laughs> is now pretending to be God by getting their their like cardi jumper thing over their head, hunching over and looking wise, <laughs> and doing the robot. I am your leader. Yeah, oh my God, I must, I must worship only you. Thank you for the bisexual polyamorous. Anyway, it's, I just think it was really interesting that like I feel seen. Yeah, good. I think Jack Dawson is a really interesting example of how even educated, please do it. Let's do it. Let's fall in love. Bad love. Yeah. <laughs> Birds love. <laughs> so when they're talking about the birds and the bees, talking about corvids. They're talking about corvids and corvids living together. Corvids are bees. Corvids are bees. <laughs> Unless yeah. you, being God, have now made bees corvids. <laughs> What's happening? Oh, I think we did. A, I think we did a good job. <laughs> I had a lot of fun. Oh, I, I, I me too. I think it was really cute as well. Yeah. Yeah, um, I, I I like that it's just domestic and lovely. Yeah, um, and they're having fun and they're co-living, completely co-living. Yeah. I think that's great because co-living is nice. It's exciting. Yeah, it's a good it's world good. to live in. And like, what have you learned from the corvids that you hadn't expected to? I've learned that it's okay to um, that you know, any kind of trio is okay that like, and that is like, it's accepted and it can be, and and that queerness isn't just when two people of the same sex get together. Queerness is something much more diverse and that like, if that female and male heterosexual couple want to invite someone else into their life, that is fucking queer as fuck and I love it. And you know what? Like, you know, they also could have been by in their previous relationship and one should not judge based on your current situation and if you yeah if, if, if you want to see feel seen my bisexual pals and heterosexual couples yeah i see you you're yeah, 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 yeah oh my god yeah i'm living for that yeah i think also not trust male jackdaws with eggs two eggs can't cope Need to one have. egg is fine. One egg's alright, but you need to have if you can't look, this is a message okay, private time. That's too close. This is a message to all the female jackdaws out there in lesbian relationships. Don't just leave your eggs unattended. You can't do that. You've made a commitment to your throuple, to your polycule. Get it right. That's my message to the 
Um, I'm really glad that we're sharing such important public service announcements. Yeah, I think they're going to listen to this. So you reckon all it's the gonna, It's going to be all the rage. Do they have ears? You should know this. Of anybody in this room. <laughs> you just, you can't just let the gay animal book on your head and declare yourself a deity. You know what? I can. I told you my ego was big when I went into this conversation. I don't think I didn't. I didn't bring anything other than yeah, that. I'm, I, was, <laughs> I thought I was prepared, and yet here no I sit. No way! You can know I was prepared for the gravitas of my ego penetrating this podcast again and again, thrustingly. I hope no one that I know this is. <laughs> You've been telling everyone <laughs> you know. <laughs> Please don't judge me when you see me at work when this comes out. <laughs> Just know that when this comes out, we will have listened to him and we'll be very embarrassed. When this comes out, we'll be three weeks down the line. Yeah, I know. And you'll have forgotten all about this. (laughs) And all of your friends will be like, hey, God. And you'll be like, what the fuck are you talking about? about? We'll have 20 followers on Twitter. I love every single of our followers. Thank you for following us. Yeah, thank Um, you for following us. On the street, sometimes, into my house. It does a bit inappropriate. Maybe, but. like, talk to the police about that. <laughs> they did that with my father on Twitter. Yes, on Twitter. <laughs> Thank you for supporting us from day one to this. Because well, of my birthday. Hey, happy birthday to me. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to me. It's my birthday today. But this comes out... Are you going to listen to 25. it? We'll be 25 when this comes You're out. You're going to be 25. Holy shit. It's a good year. I, I say this. I, I've had a really weird year. Yeah. It's I mean, odd. it's, yeah. And we spent spending most of it in Oxford, but that's fine. I mean, you'll get to record this podcast with me. Forever. Look at these. Okay. So okay. We, next up, we have the Turbo Chooks. Turbo Chooks, Nazi, Native Hens. Tassie <laughs> <laughs> The turbo tricks with tassy native hens. Tassy native hens, yeah. I don't know what that is. They're, they sound like... Is, is yeah, it like... I'm not going to give you any more insight into that. Something from the Terminator? <laughs> yeah. Cool. Okay, um, that's something to look forward to. Yeah, I'm excited about that. I love I love turbo trucks. They make really funny noises. Chuk, and I'm, chuk, chuk. No, it's more like... <laughs> that's the sound your parents' bed makes when they have sex. Exactly. That's hilarious, and that's why I sound funny. <laughs> On that very squeaky note, thank you for listening to this episode of Perfectly Natural. We'll see you next time for some more of that. Um, give us a tweet to say happy birthday to Em, and stay queer. Thanks. Bye. Boys, no muckers. Do you want to... Wait, where's the crock of crocodiles coming back? Perfectly Natural was hosted by M. Dale and Aim Phoenix. Support the show by rating us on iTunes and telling your friends about us. Contact us on Twitter where we're at perfnaturalcast or email us at perfectly.natural.podcast at gmail.com.
could have dove, and yet we flew. <laughs> that sounds like a poem. You should just say it in the way you said it before. <laughs> I can't remember. But like, we could have dove, instead we fucking flew with this fucking crack-ass episode. You just got a crap-ass episode. Crack-ass. Crack-ass, okay. It wasn't crap, it was wild. It was good, yeah. 